Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, big tech is throwing itself into the immigration conversation. Big tech policy leaders are calling for changes to immigration law to draw more high-skilled workers to our shores. The question is, why now? And why haven't Republican and Democratic lawmakers already done this? There seems to be some agreement there to help us break all of that down. Really pleased to have joining us today. Suzanne Moniak is a reporter at Roll Call covering immigration and Congress. Suzanne, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, So as we look at this uh, uh, focus from big tech, uh, really looking at uh, what's going on in terms of immigration, give us a little lay of the land there in terms of why they seem to be leaning in big and leaning in now. Congress is about to approach its lame duck session, the time after the midterms, but before the current legislative session ends. And that really provides a window for sometimes more difficult topics to see more action without, you know, the weight of the midterm elections, you know, weighing over lawmakers. And big tech is trying to take advantage of that window and pushing to see more changes to the employment-based immigration system that they see as necessary to alleviate labor shortages and make sure that the U.S. stays globally competitive. An issue they say is, you know, increasing in importance as countries like China ramp up their technological innovation. Uh, so important. And uh, one of the things that you put in your reporting, Suzanne, and, and uh, you've talked to us about this before, uh, and that is looking at uh, the things that Congress passed in terms of, of CHIP uh, and uh, looking at some of those investments that there's uh, there's also got to be talent to, to go with those investments. Yes. As you asked why now, you know, another um, part of that you know timing push is the recent passage of the Chips and Science Bill. And that's legislation that passed a few months ago that really aims to invest in U.S. domestic manufacturing of semiconductors. Uh, to, you know, bring that manufacturing here to the U.S. rather than have it happening abroad. And, you know, these companies are saying that they need the talent to back that up. They can't have just the investment without the workforce investment. And while the bill does include provisions to work for domestic, you know, develop the domestic workforce, uh, these companies are saying that's not enough, at least in the short term. And that's definitely part of the push to sort of tie these immigration changes to the passage of that bill and frame it really as an issue of national security, which is one that Congress has seemed, you know, shown interest in legislating on. Yeah, dig, dig into that a little bit for us. Uh, that was one of the things I noticed in your piece, uh, that uh, this idea that it really is a national security issue. Explain that a little more for us. Immigration is such a thorny political subject. Obviously, uh, legislation in that space has a very hard time moving. And so I think part of the strategy here is really just to try to show places where immigration is not just, you know, this toxic political issue, but one that affects U.S. national security if we are having students come to this country for school and they're being educated here, and then there's really no path for them to stay, then those students are going back to their home countries and they're bringing the knowledge they learned at U.S. institutions to countries that we may not be our allies and that we might prefer to have those students, you know, as working as engineers here for the U.S., Um, And so when it comes to talking about immigration and national security, that's sort of how the two, you know, align. And it's ensuring that the U.S. is globally competitive and isn't relying on another country uh, for its tech. Yeah. And this is uh, I always said when I was back in Washington, I I think we could probably solve 97 percent of immigration in an afternoon on the floor of the House and the Senate because everybody agrees on so many pieces. Uh, But the politics of it uh, always seem to get in the way. Both sides use it as a. A political wedge issue. They raise millions of dollars off it, and they they try to run campaigns off of it as well. 
Uh, is there any headway there or is there any moment uh, where we can see lawmakers saying, you know what, uh, this uh, system that we've had that's so broken uh, that was crafted a long, long time ago uh, really needs a, a big overhaul? To be sure, there are going to be political challenges to every immigration change proposed, regardless of how you frame it. But I think the, the advocates see the most likely path forward for something like this to be attaching narrower fixes to the immigration system onto much broader must-pass bills. So for this year, that would be the fiscal 2023 appropriations bill that's going to fund the whole government, maybe trying to attach something small, uh, something very targeted to that bill, or the National Defense Authorization Act, which is the annual defense policy bill. That's another must-pass bill. And as they're seeking to show how high-skilled immigration changes could affect U.S. national security, they might be able to find a home in NDAA for something like that. So that obviously wouldn't look like a broad, comprehensive immigration overhaul like efforts we've seen in past years, but it would chip away at some of the concerns that um, these industries have when it comes to merit-based immigration systems. Yeah, I think that's so important. And uh, those very targeted, laser-focused, almost single-issue components, I think, uh, do have a a far better chance. And whether that's in that appropriations bill or an additional CR of some sort or whether that's part of the uh, defense Uh, I think that does fit into that space in terms of security as well. Anything else you're watching for uh, as we move past the midterms into that lame duck and anything that might be done uh, to help this immigration change and especially how it impacts big tech? Well, certainly beyond the must-pass bills, there are always conversations about that more comprehensive immigration overhaul. On a slightly separate immigration issue, uh, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA, is currently being litigated in court, and there are a lot of concerns that it may be struck down uh, and, you know, accordingly a push for Democrats to pass a bill protecting dreams um, this year before the Republicans potentially retake the House next year. And so I think if we were to see an immigration deal like that, which would probably be pairing DACA with border security measures, Mm. then I could see tech pushing to try to get maybe some fixes to the legal systems as well to a bill like that. And so Obviously, comprehensive efforts have not had a great track record in the past, but perhaps the threat of this court ruling could be enough to kind of spur Democrats to act on something like this. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Uh, Suzanne Monyak is a reporter at Roll Call covering immigration and Congress. Always helps us make sense of all of that. Uh, Suzanne, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks again for having me on. All right. Again, that's uh, Suzanne Monyak from uh, Roll Call and I do still believe we could get most of this solved as long as we were doing it just one piece at a time. You know, she mentioned, Suzanne mentioned the the big sweeping reform bills, the overhauls. And, you know, they end up being thousands of pages and a lot of sweeping generalities, a lot of things that sound great, a lot of fancy titles, uh, but they never get through. And so having this approach when it comes to immigration, to legal immigration, uh, of just these very targeted, laser-focused almost single-issue kinds of things that you can get some broad bipartisan support. Everybody can read it, everybody can debate it, and everybody can vote. Uh, and that's the way we ought to get after this because there is so much agreement. Uh, she also mentioned the the DACA program for, for those young kids who came here, uh, not of their choosing, uh, were brought over as children uh, by their, their parents, uh, and now they – are facing uncertainty, which I think is the most unfair of all the things uh, that we can do, is to put them in a state of uncertainty, not knowing their status, not knowing if they can work, if they can go to college, if they can do 
all of those different things uh, that make them valuable members of our society and our communities. Uh, So we've got to get to that. And I'm hopeful that after the midterms, we can set the politics on the shelf at least for a day or two. And let's deal with immigration. I think there's a number of things that can get done. I think we can make some of these changes uh, so we can have the right technology workers that we need. We can deal with the young children in DACA. And we can deal with a whole lot more one at a time. All right, that wraps up our number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. Don't go anywhere. More to come on Inside Sources after top of the hour news.